Oh, I'm very big. Hello, and welcome back to Insert Credit, the only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host, Alex Jaffe. 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 Glory to mankind. This is Insert Credit, the show where I interview the three most important-sounding people in video games I could find and ask them the most pressing questions of the day. I'm two-time bicycle theft victim Alex Jaffe, and wow. joining me as usual is other oceanographer Frank Cifaldi. Uh, what's up? Truck heck driver Tim Rogers. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> okay. And gun sportsman Brandon Sheffield. That's who I am. What's on your mind today, boys? Absolutely oh, nothing. Dogs. I just well, beat the Final Fantasy VII remake for the fourth time. Nice. Oh heck! So you probably your... got all the dresses. Uh, yes, yes, I got the third one on this play. Did you? Did you get the uh, biker boy achievement? Uh, yes, I got the biker boy achievement. I, I've I've been playing that game. Uh, obviously, I haven't gotten nearly so far as beating it one time because yeah. it's uh it's very slow paced, and I'm not you know like. I'm not super jazzed on it. Um, uh, I don't dislike it, but the, like the real struggle for me has been figuring out which which language is the least annoying to listen to. And uh, I'm curious to know, Tim, which one you're playing it on. I played it in English four times, and I'm about to do it in, in Japanese once. Oh, okay. the original Nihongo. Yeah, and the uh, the Superior Nihongo. I've watched a bunch of the cutscenes in Japanese, though. They're so all I've been I've been trying all the different ones uh, because each one of them was annoying me in a different way. Yeah. And uh, I've pretty and oh, and through doing that, I realized that the translations sure are different. Wildly different. Yeah, very different. And I watched a couple key like late game cutscenes in all the languages just to see. And yeah, yeah there there uh, there's a really good line toward the end of the game that is just really good in English. I would play the game in English. This is an official endorsement. I think. English has better writing, uh, especially as you get deeper into the game. The translators had a lot of fun. Well, over here, uh, French is the one. I've been I've been using French because yeah, French is good. The voices are annoying me the least, and the fact my personal feeling about the translation is I don't like it that much, um, and it it feels kind of pedestrian to me in a way. And so I'm uh, I'm finding that playing it in the the language i understand least for audio makes me forgive the, the what i perceive yeah. as somewhat pedestrian english more yeah that's uh that's the old uh the reason people like uh i'm just gonna say people like me and st- i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make that a collective first person pronoun it's the reason people like me listened to music in other languages in college uh, yeah i'll admit it you know i'll use it um I think the English, uh, I don't know, maybe you should try spending around 2,000 hours replaying the original game 16 times in both languages, and uh, then, <laughs> then you, might, you might have uh, 
you might have just kind of painted yourself into the corner where you just love the English in this game. I really and like that's that. the official yeah. insert credit opinion. Play the first game for 2000 hours in two languages and then play the remake in French. Uh, here is the premise of this here show. Uh, the way this works is I present you all with the topic and you have six minutes to reach a consensus on it. After that, I'll play a horrible sound to the microphone and we'll have no choice but to move on no matter what's happening. Are we clear? Yes. Uh, Crystal. Yeah, why not? All right. Here's our first topic. When is a board game better than a video game, and how can we fix that? Hmm. I want to say really quick, uh, one of the best things about this pandemic is that I don't have to say no to board game night invites. Oh, yeah. Just ignore board game night invites. Great point. Yeah. Actually, I'm in New York, so let me tell you how board game night invites go in New York, is people invite you, and then when you say no... That's exactly what they expect because nobody hangs out with anybody in New York. Especially <laughs> not, like, so, I can't, I can't get from the middle of Brooklyn to slightly further North in Brooklyn without going all the way up through Manhattan and then back down uh, on the subway. So it's like people just understand when you don't show up board game nights in New York are never it's, it's, it's wild. I love it. I, I played a board game in New York against my friend Aaron Myers and uh, we were playing settlers of Catan and his girlfriend at the time was also there. And we were playing. I had never played Settlers of Catan before. And oh, I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to hoard all these sheep. I like these sheep. And he's like, that's, you know, that's not really a good, a good strategy. That's not probably the way that you're going to win. I was like, I don't care. I like the sheep. And, um, and then I won. And he was like, well, you know, in a real game, you probably, you probably wouldn't win. It was great because uh, he, he really had to uh, <laughs> eat his words on that sheep stuff. Th- then, of no, course, I, we played. We, yeah another time and he totally tranced me but whatever i think we've all played soul caliber in a college dorm right can we all right, do, right? probably yes. oh yeah and you all know everybody picks nightmare and presses the god darn well i'm gonna go dreamcast the, the top button the was that the b button i don't know which button that is they press remember. the vertical slash button and just do his vertical slash combo and they yeah. win like a hundred times uh beginner's luck is a real thing and right that, into oh, yeah. show at insertcredit.com if you know what the top button on the Dreamcast controller is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know what it is. I'm just uh, I'm messing. Um, Brandon, uh, so what I'm saying is you really suck at Catan, probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, probably I like do. Settlers at Catan because I like any game that's about just kind of chilling, settling down, chill, you know, sitting. Yeah. Relaxing. And, that you know, I think. To make the worst joke possible. But I, I, I think that despite the fact that was a joke, it actually is relevant to this topic because i think that one of the times when board games are better than video games is when you have space to chill out with other people while also doing a thing so like there's a lot of space and waiting in some board games i find Mm -hmm. while you're waiting for someone to take a turn and you can have a little chat while that's going on but you're all still thinking about the game it's sort of like a it's like an underlying thing to have during your your friend hangout conversation and i think that's like you can sort of have that in a video game but not exactly because you're i don't know then they're mostly not designed that way although i mean isn't that how people treat spaces like minecraft or even Fortnite? i guess maybe Mm -hmm. it is yeah well lest i be uh, accused of flippancy allow me to uh, report that i believe video games or uh, board games are almost always better than video games i think there's a lot of design trickery everybody talks about how they like 
eight bit games and pixel art has so much soul because the restrictions forced the designers to be expressive in a limited space. And the music, the chiptune music is so much more, more, more like energetic and real and raw than any red book audio could possibly be. Board games have to conjure a lot of imagination and excitement with paper and cardboard. And yeah. so one, the one thing that I gave a, uh, I gave a lecture at the Game Developers Conference for which I received uproarious applause numerous times, okay, in which I talked about how esports benefit from hidden information. And I think hidden information is just one of the things that board games have done over the past, I don't know what the board game generation, I don't know which generation we're on now, though. Hidden information is like such a god darn thing in uh board games like i know something you don't you know something i don't and i've always always wanted to make a video game that incorporated uh hidden information about as well as a as a board game did and that's why we had our experiment with our prototype grab jackers where you go in a door and you can press left and right to move to a different door but you can't see what door you're in and neither can your opponent you just have to feel it so if they see you go in the door they know that you're in the door and then you like if you could just graft this hidden information concept onto an action game, you can end up with something wild. Like Killer Queen, everything. Killer Queen is pretty much, it's based on a field game, which is sort of a board game just with the human bodies instead of pieces. So Killer Queen is an example of a bunch of board game language being used to just blow the doors off of a competitive action game in which all the information is visible at all times on the screen. It's everywhere. Um, I thought it would be fun to try to start hiding some of that information. So that's what Grabjackers was. Look up my lecture called Video Games Are Better Than Sports. I did that one. I remember that one. I feel like it's uh, one of those things where, you know, with board games, you're sort of designing for, you're kind of designing human behavior. You're designing what the humans are going to do, hopefully. But then the humans mm -hmm. get to kind of do whatever they want. But, you know human humans as ai in a way um and i think it's it's interesting the way you can get you have to think about human behavior more than interaction or like mechanical interactions which is kind of a neat thing and i guess games like spy party and whatever else sort of have that and that's it oh yeah. my god for god's sake god darn it I think we covered some good ground there. Uh, this next one shouldn't be controversial at all. Uh -oh. uh, what is the easiest job in the video game business? Oh, heck. Uh, oh, well, according to uh, people in my sphere of acquaintances and people in my office when I worked at Kotako.com, according to people I know uh, making videos about video games that are about 97 or 65 <laughs> minutes long and meticulously detailed involving about six or seven thousand edits and and uh four to five hours of voice rehearsing and recording uh apparently that's the easiest job in the video game industry according to people i know so i have uh, really that's true yeah. i've heard from the internet if you browse for example steam comments or twitter you will find that the easiest job is uh adding multiplayer to something yeah because that takes oh, yeah. like 
one, two weeks tops. Well, well usually it's just commented out and you just have to like get rid of the, the, uh, the no multiplayer. Yeah. No, yeah. The easiest, the, the easiest job is definitely, uh, porting Wii U games or porting like Nintendo GameCube games to the Nintendo Wii U or the switch because oh, yeah. for that Zelda wind waker, all they did was export it in a different aspect ratio with a filter on yeah. the graphics. They just hit was, the export game button. It was a, oh, right. well, no, wait, no, actually, I think the, the easiest job might be porting a video game to the Nintendo switch. That's definitely the easiest <laughs> job in the <laughs> video game industry. Uh, According to one guy I saw on Twitter, who I think he was an expert, I don't remember, he said that um, the the 3D artist who did Cloud in the Final Fantasy VII remake, yes, was that it only took him five minutes. Apparently, he just copied it and was, pasted it from Noctis or whomever. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's literally it. You saw the same tweet. It was just Noctis. Or was it pr- Prompto? Uh, I no, it was no, it was it was Noctis. It's just Noctis okay. with different hair. Yeah. So it was it was like that. Must that guy probably gets paid a lot? And it only took him five minutes to do that. Oh man, I, this reminded me of a thing because I was trying to play R four Ridge Racer four recently, um, but it has not R four the DS flash card, not the DS flash card. I still uh, own an R four. It's confused. still in my DS. Not and, the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's astromech droid. No, oh, that's a no. good one though. <laughs> Didn't know that existed myself. Sorry, um, but so I was trying to play that, and then I remembered that the um, the the like mascot avatar they have. Reiko or whatever her name is. Um, I don't remember what her name was, but when the internet, and this was almost pre-internet, when they found out that it had basically, the male character modeler had modeled her after his own face, uh, like used that as a reference for all the expressions and stuff, (laughs) those people were just flying into a rage because they had been, she had been like, the hottest girl mascot mm-hmm. on like magazine covers forever. And they were like, what does this mean? Is he gay? Does it make me gay? Who's gay in this scenario? I need to know who's gay. Um, it, uh, yeah, that's, that's nobody leave this room thing. until we find out who's gay here. <laughs> so, so the easiest thing to do as a job in the game industry is make people think that they're gay or someone else is gay. I guess my mom could do that job. She could tell you. She could tell you who's gay. Is what I mean. She could. She could easily. She just knows every gay. She just has to call it. She knows every gay person in the world. I think she. She might be right sometimes. I mean, (laughs) if she does it at least like, I don't know, two or three times a day, uh, (laughs) five times a day, ten times a day, she's bound to be right eventually. Another thing that the internet has taught me is that um, modeling and animating Pokemon is very easy. Oh, it's so easy. (laughs) Yeah. So that could be a really kind of, you know, to be fair, there's only like, there's only like 700 of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could just, they could use some of the enormous money that they make uh, from having one of the largest multimedia franchises in the world to just hire a couple thousand more animators. (laughs) (laughs) As long as the animations don't look like the animations in the previous game, then we're good exactly that's where i draw the line i'm trying to think if i can actually come up with a serious answer to this question and it's very it's very difficult like you know there's there's folks out there who who want to be the idea person on a team and Mm -hmm. that theoretically would be the easiest job except it's not a job if you want to first of all it's not a job second of all if you want to do a good job at being a creative director which is what that actually turns into um you got to 
constantly be refining those ideas and communicating them to other people and making sure that everyone's on board with it. And it just doesn't, doesn't actually, doesn't actually wind up being as easy as those folks think. The actual easiest job is that you work at a large company so long that they kind of forget why you're there and you just have a desk for some reason. Oh yeah. You're in, the you're in Obusaka Gucci uh, circa 2001. Yep. That would have been the easiest job in the video game industry. Cause he had a, uh, so the easiest job is create a legendary video game franchise, take risks, bust through barriers again and again, never, never make the same thing twice, always insist on changing as much of it as possible every time, risking financial ruin, make a company from four employees to hundreds, and then kind of fail at making a movie, and then they'll just give you a desk and let you uh, make money, your same salary. That's how yeah, you do. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I think we can think, call that there without a noise. I think we got we it. We did it. We did Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Wow, um, our first related, no noise of the day. Nice. Agree yeah. with each other or suffer the buzzer. That's my my <laughs> my catchphrase <laughs> that I that I propose to be the slogan for the show. Uh, we'll put it in the we just have uh, to yell. bio. We have to yell. We need a, a single word that we have to yell to say we we agree. Uno. Consensus. Uno. Consensus. <laughs> Agreement. Sansei is the Japanese word. Uh, let's not do the Japanese word. No, we're going to work on uh, it later. We're going to work on that This next later. question is uh, coincidentally related to the last one. Uh, have you ever played a game that would be drastically better if not for one easily fixable flaw? Oh, probably. <sighs> every, single, um, every single one of them. But I mean, the yeah. easily fixable part is the tough thing, I guess. But they're like, there's things that bug me, but how easy are they to fix? Is okay, well, I, got one. I got one. It's video game um, development. Everything's easy. All right. I, I enjoyed, um, for the most part, when it came out beyond good and evil, but I hated the voice acting so much that I stopped playing it. You didn't play it in French? Of uh, all the games that, to not play in French. Well, uh, my friend, <laughs> there was not an option for French audio with English subtitles. That was not a state that existed. And I, uh, I even looked into seeing if I could maybe hack the PC version to do that because I would like to do shoot. That. Nope. Luck- luckily, all Ubisoft games now have French as an option. Now they do, they do which as is nice. they should. I always put them in French. Period. Probably a nice game in French. Uh, yeah, probably. probably still an idiotic plot or whatever, but just sounds nice because yeah. it's French. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was one of the eat. best video game plots of all time, though, according to uh, people I don't follow on Twitter who get retweeted. <laughs> a lot. You know, you I just got to keep Joe Mid Adams away, or he'll lose his mind. There's been a few uh, games out there. I'm I'm struggling to find one exactly, but things like Alien Isolation or something, where they're not super plot based, and they wind up being 20 hours when they should be about five, and you could just cut out a bunch in the middle. Um, I feel like well, there's some Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation is actually the perfect candidate, right? Because it had that, there was a tiny bug in the AI, a typo. There was a typo oh, right. that completely ruined the game. And they, they, they ran it through QA forever. And then they found it like a years later. Do you all remember that? Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, they, they found like there was some problem with the, the aliens AI that made it really dumb. And it, it just broke a whole bunch of the pathfinding. And then they fixed it. Like it was a single typo in a single line somewhere. This is Don't like forget. this was this was huge. 
Like I can't, I can't. I I remember when it was posted on Kotaku. I was like, uh, the when uh, when it was discovered, and then we we got like a uh, we at Kotaku. I was at Kotaku at that time, and it was posted, and I was like, this story is going to be enormous, and it was sort of big, but it wasn't uh, wasn't the biggest. I feel like that story should have been like ten million hits or whatever. Yeah, so I like that, those, those kinds of ones. I I used to do this series on um like worst bugs or coding tricks or whatever. Um, where you got things like with um, Wing Commander, how they they couldn't they couldn't fix this crash bug before shipping, um, and it would just crash at the end of each level. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really matter because you know you would just then select the next level, and all the, all that really happened was it popped up this cra- this crash log, and so they just he- went into the hex editor and changed the crash log to say congratulations. Uh, so yeah. it just looked like so, a congratulations pop up. I actually want to point out that I, I looked it up and it is it is Aliens Colonial Marines, not Alien Isolation. They're, yeah, the two, Alien they're, Isolation. Yeah, very different yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, very different games. But Colonial Marines was dogpiled critically. Yeah, yes. like it was completely lambasted critically. And it turns out there is there is a typo. There that is a typo one, in one line. That was the one that had that awesome. Uh, alien that was just like walking around with its with its hands up, kind of tented, like, "Well, I'm off to market." <laughs> uh, I love that one. That was real good. Yeah, the the word tether is spelled T E A T H E R, and it should be T E T H R. Oh, in one line of all enemies' AI code, they got tethered. <laughs> so oh, there man. you go. That's that's the ultimate example of that's the extreme example of one easily fixed thing that would make a game drastically better. That's actually maybe the correct answer. Uh, are we all in consensus that that's the correct answer? Uh, sure. What do we What do we say when that's? Uh, we have. Uh, I think that's the next thing you have to reach a consensus on. So, Uno. Uno. <laughs> Uno. It is Yahtzee. Go fish. Not Yahtzee. Yeah, not Yahtzee. I don't Yahtzee like is guy. trademarked in the video game world. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. God, that guy is he dead yet? Did he get right. hit by a bus yet? Jim Another Yahtzee. down there in Australia, question. wherever it is, Yahtzee, I'm coming for you. Oh, that Yahtzee! Oh, that yeah. Yahtzee, man! Yeah, like I reviewed my uh, the that video game I worked on, Indivisible, and uh, it was frustrating to listen to. The end. It's incredible <laughs> that he's still around. I agree. With his little yeah. five minute snip fest, is he still on the Escapist? Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> oh you yeah. Fools. Wow. I don't want to beef with nobody, <laughs> but Escapist. Escape the world already. Yeah. One thing I really appreciated about Indivisible is how hard it worked to make Indie visible. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> uh, well, we should have done a slightly better job so I could get paid some more money. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we're all looking for that. Big while we're uh, Monday morning quarterbacking, what are some games released on one platform that really should have been on a different platform? Well, all games should be on Switch. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We've determined. Um. Man, I I know there's some of them out there. I'm I'm thinking like cuz you know how there's this kind of uh I was talking with uh Brent Porter, friend of the show and of Tim Rogers and myself Be about port. some uh there's some video games you hear the title like from the 90s and you're like, "Well, that that game is definitely better on the Genesis." Like RoboCop versus Terminator. Like there's there's no way that the Super Nintendo version of that game is the best one because it's like a 
tough bro license game and and super nintendo is not going to let you have blood it's going to be less gritty somehow and all that kind of stuff so i think there's probably some ones in there that should have like i would say that the uh the highlander game on jaguar cd that i always talk about (laughs) liking which is kind of a crappy game but i really like it that game would be better on any platform so that somebody would play it uh, for example, it would be better on PC, probably, even though I don't like playing games on there. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Well, I got this um, PC over here. Everything's better on PC, let me tell you. Yeah, nice. I, I, I was about to say that. Uh, as someone who does prefer playing on the PC, um, my answer to this question is anything from the GameCube era that wasn't on the GameCube, because that one's got the best emulator. So Right. Mm. Ah, that is <laughs> I true. Played, um, I played recently um, Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Do you remember that one? Which is basically Grand Theft Auto Hulk. And you just kind of run around and throw cars and stuff. And um, it's really goofy, which I really appreciate. Because one of of the special moves is um, that you upgrade to is you grab a car and you rip the car in half. And then you put the two car halves on your fists as boxing gloves. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, weird. it's good stuff. And, there, and there's other three meals with them on your hands. Yeah, there's other goofy stuff. Like one of the buildings has this giant inflatable gorilla on top. So if you pick that up, you you can float now. Um, <laughs> another good thing is there's a bonus game where like you're on a you're on a building and a helicopter just comes in front of you and you got a big like like light pole or something in your hands and guys just conveniently just jump out of the helicopter in front of you so that you could swing at them like baseballs. Yeah. Just um, baseball. And that's good. Yeah. Good game. Um, it was actually sort of the prototype of prototype. If you know, prototype. And yeah. unfortunately that one's prototype. way more serious and gross. Uh, yeah. so just play Hulk instead. But Hulk. point being that the, 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 uh, the setup playing, playing it on that, that dolphin there was just so nice. You just, load the game up and it's like what's up you want it to be in widescreen all right here you go you want 1080p cool it just works it just magically works and you can even do weird things like if you have your mouse uh going you can i think like right click on the mouse and just move the camera wherever you want so you can see behind stuff that's anyway. a, the origin of many youtube series is i suppose uh that is the origin of boundary breaks i'm pretty sure I feel like um, Boundary Break is probably like twelve different series at this time. It's probably it's like a bunch of series. Boundary Break Official, Boundary Break Alpha, or whatever. Why is there ever a game called Alpha to go what? with Prototype? Oh yeah, there's got anyway. Be one. Do you want to hear my dumb answer? Which is, uh, sure. if, if I were answering this between the years of 2006 and 2010, my answer would be that uh, every decent game on the Nintendo Wii just should have been on the Xbox 360 because I could have played mm. it with a good controller. Uh, free of any sort of stupid motion gimmick. So let's face it. Let's let's look back. Were any of those motion controls good? I don't think so. No. But uh, you know what you can play those on is, uh, dolphin. is the dolphin emulator. Um, <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> something. I'm going to tell you something, Frank. Have you ever played the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild in 4K 60? <laughs> Not yet. You mentioned it last time around. Have you ever played uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild in 1080p? <laughs> 240 fps uh, i don't have that uh that <laughs> option uh so no because that's what i got breath of the wild as an official pc release that's yeah. what they should do let's assume emulators don't exist breath of the wild would murder on pc it would murder on pc can we all agree on that yes yeah i mean actually i kind of wonder why 
since Nintendo is doing mobile stuff, why not do PC releases? Like what? Because they benefit Microsoft if they're on Windows. They got maybe? those. They got those evergreen yeah. brands. They're they're very confident in their brands. All I, I mean, ask is that they make a a god darn backward compatible console in the future that PlayStation Pro slash Xbox One X is their Switch games. That's all I want. Doesn't have to be tomorrow. Doesn't have to be next year. Just let Breath of the Wild be 4K60 on an official Nintendo console without having to repurchase or wait for their precious little update remaster masters to remaster it. Right? Yeah. There, or just put it on PC. Yeah. Right. Just, you give me give me that hot <laughs> PC version. 1080p, I mean, 240. If, if uh, Apple buys Nintendo, maybe it'll be a Mac exclusive. Ooh. Yeah, we should ask a different. Once a month, we should address the question: Who should buy Nintendo this week? Yeah, who should buy Nintendo? <laughs> I, Elon I Musk. Like, that's the answer this week. Man, sure don't like that guy. Don't Just let him do this, it. I don't know. This week's Nintendo owner is Elon <laughs> Musk. God, All right, let's it. move on, shall we? Right. Uno. Sure. Uno. We uh, Uno. If you were part of the Yakuza from the video game series Yakuza, what would your specialty be? Singing karaoke. Mm. Run, I'm oh, yeah. going to run the club that Tim sings karaoke in. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those people that's just, oh, actually, I'm going to be several of those people that's outside being like, huh, looks like a bomb went off over there. Wonder what that, <laughs> was that is. It's probably a lot. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's always a demand. They're, they're right. always out there. It's got to be paying something. Some is that like town crier? Is that what that is? Yeah, hear hear me, hear me. Not hear you because I don't care about what y'all are saying. It's important to hear me and that the um oh I can't remember the name of that club that, that got all crashed up. Oh well, whatever. Um what's it's, it's not Persephone, it's not Man, you know, the one where people keep getting right into show at insertcredit.com if you know <laughs> yeah. the name of the club from Yakuza. That got all crashed <laughs> up. Yeah, that got all crashed up by by Majima's truck. He ran a truck into it. Boilers, a goddamn club gets crashed up somewhere <laughs> in the Yakuza series. Yeah. It gets yeah, crashed up. I've been thinking about that and I, I have had some thoughts about like, what would, if I were in this world, what would my role be? And realistically, I would probably be one of those people who is like pretty dedicated to doing things the right way. And then who gets shot? Like, mm. I feel like that's probably what I, because I always see those people and I'm like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's on to it. He's, he's, he's trying to do the right thing, but he's going to die though. Many does. He's gonna straight up get owned. I would yeah. be here's here's I mean, I, I don't know if see this is asking any sort of a question of fantasy role playing, who would you be in blank is uh it's it's interesting, first of all. Though uh, uh it's it's often just a, a venue for the person to just uh wishfully think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me wishfully think. Here's who I would be. I see myself as the fat daddy type, Yakuza. You know? <laughs> okay. The fat daddy type, the one who's uh He's walking like sitting in a tatami sitting in a tatami mat room closed off and I've got like really hot like 22 year old dudes who wear sunglasses indoors who work at like IBM ThinkPads Lenovo ThinkPads now obviously I'm going to keep it modern at yeah. like little little plywood desks out in like a really ugly fluorescent lit office area immediately outside the screen bringing me tea as I sit there in a kimono 
and I smoke cigarettes and I drink whiskey. The fat daddy type. That's who I would be. If there were, I'm talking the very top. Yeah. If they're an equivalent of like, you know, the orphan management situation that they get into, if they were that, but, but with dogs and you were one of the Yakuza and you could just manage a, like a, a a dog shelter that maybe I'd be doing Mm. that one. You know, a a habit I've fallen into on the internet, on podcasts and streams is knowing the exact word, the vocabulary word for a thing, and then completely avoiding it, knowing that people are going to comment or tweet at me with the, the word that I mean. I know what you would call the fat daddy type Yakuza. Not going to say it, though. <laughs> Not going to god darn say it. I can say it but in Japanese. If you do, you know where to send it. Uh, show at intercredit.com. Where, yeah. uh, I will read it. No one else. Pedantically. <laughs> Some other people might look at it someday. Maybe. The Library of Congress. Pedantically See, be, hand me my hat. I'd be an evolution of Brandon's job in that I would be a random person who stands on the street waiting for a stranger to come ask me what's wrong and then have a problem that can be solved with violence. Oh, yeah. You know, there are a lot of those in this world. I, I have it's it's been pretty funny to, you know, play through all these games and be like, how are they going to get to me beating somebody up in this scenario? It really doesn't seem like it's going to make sense. And then they just do it. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't make sense, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I don't, man, there was this one, this is, this is a total aside, but it's still Yakuza where the, I don't want to spoil too many things, but there's a lady mm-hmm. who gets like sold into sexual slavery. And then we just find out about it. And, and it's the reason that she has this serious problem. And then immediately after finding this out and getting her out of a bad scenario, uh, our hero takes her to a love hotel. Uh, oh and gosh. I'm not trying to hit on you or anything. And it's like, come on. You, the, the developers really show their hand sometimes in a way that is unfortunate. <laughs> I find Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's mostly good, but I, I've, I've also kind of noticed that I think I suspect that for the American versions, they're putting some of the uh, grosser side quests toward the very end of the game and hiding them in more difficult to reach spots. I think because... there's whole extremely boring Twitter accounts dedicated to pointing out when that has happened. Oh, is that correct? <laughs> that makes sense to me. They're managed by large groups of people and followed by like 15,000 humans with like nothing to do. Oh, you're talking Maybe about that the- would be Brandon's job in the Yakuza, just like moving those quests to less accessible areas. Yeah, uh, that- let me get that side oh, yeah. quest out of the public. Like, if you've ever been to Kabuki Cho lately, you know that there was a I don't know if it was it wasn't particularly done by the Yakuza, though. They sure did move a whole lot of uh, Kabuki Cho's side quests out of the public eye, uh, literally, in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Place used to be gross, and now it's like tourist bonanza. It's Fisherman's Wharf of itself now, basically. I think I mentioned... Oh, crikey. Daddy's dead. Daddy is dead. Uh, So, video game news. Mario Maker 2 just received its final major update. Uh, leaving aside the fact that there should really just be one continuously updated Mario Maker game, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. are they holding back for Mario Maker 3? Mario is typing, obviously. Make your own Mario. Uh, Mario and Mar- looks like Mario is missing. They're, why can't I make my own Mario's missing levels? Kaboom. Yeah. Uh, that's the obvious jokes. Um, well, <laughs> it's it's very clear that they put Super Mario Bros. 2 stuff in there. And that on the menu in Mario Maker 2, when you make a world and you choose the style, 
there's Mario 1, 2, and 3. Uh, or there's Mario 1, Mario 3, Mario World. And then there's a separate little cordoned off section called Other Game Modes that just has Super Mario 3D World in it. Clearly, they were going to add another one, and then they didn't. They were going to add Super Mario Brothers 2. Clearly. <laughs> and then instead of actually doing it, they just include a couple Super Mario Brothers through two three things in this uh, update. So, so what you're saying is the easiest job in the video game industry would be adding <laughs> Super just, Mario Brothers two to Mario Maker two. Clearly, right. no. I yeah. mean, I mean, in all seriousness, they're probably just going to do it in Mario Maker three. Uh, they're, I mean, they're probably they probably were going to do it, and then they didn't. It says other game modes, and then there's just one with an empty space next to it. It's pretty obvious they were going to put another one. What those punks? And, it's obvious whatever. that they were at least planning the ability to put more, but I don't. I don't know if they were yeah. definitely doing another. Um, it's plural, and there's an empty space. Yeah. There, there's a two by two grid of Mario One, Mario Three, Mario World, and New Super Mario Bros. And then beneath it, other game modes with Super Mario 3D World taking up one space with an exact space next to it. And then listen, the all the pieces the are there, and all, all the pieces, pieces are there. Every single yeah. goddamn piece. A commenter on the internet would call that definitive proof. Definitely. <laughs> definitive proof. Well, they did add a bunch of Mario 2 stuff to the this update. They added a bunch. Like, you can do Mario 2 characters, Mario 2 enemies. You can stand on top of enemies. You just can't make it the world style. So you can make a world page. now. People yeah. really wanted you to, wanted to be able to make full worlds and campaigns, and now they can. That's a wild thing for them to add as a feature they really should just have a game called super mario maker and then have a 20 dollar update every year i think they should do. that's definitely Intent- what they should do but here's here's my pitch for what they should do with mario maker 3 and uh hear me out because it's a very good idea uh just have this exact same kind of a wrapper but it's sonic instead <laughs> okay yeah just put just have it only be sonic and take all that take all the mario stuff out and uh and then just do a sonic one and that's that's mario maker 3 well, first I mean, of all, why stop there. We could uh, we could go full bonk maker. Bonk maker. That's the joke that was expected. The <laughs> joke of destiny. Um, in all seriousness, Mario is the best. However, a Sonic maker would be good. A uh, I'm making a fan one, and it looks pretty nice. And I'm frankly, I'm kind of like, why? Seems like something Sega could just jump. I mean, it's not easy to make, but if I was oh, yeah. had money, I would I would be looking at it because like. So mm. many fans are making their own little Sonics here and there. Uh, just let they, them do they, it. Let them pay you they money. Tried, they already tried letting fans make a Sonic, and it was the best Sonic ever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So that's try true. that again. Uh, maybe maybe the fans know a little bit more than you guys, uh, you know, over at Sega. Yeah, I guess if you're Sonic listening. Mania was a Sonic maker. Yeah, exactly. It was It was basically the uh, an Uber Sonic maker. Yeah, but I think Sonic maker- level design is, I don't know, like it's... It, it it takes a lot longer to get to the candy. You know what I mean? Like with with, yeah. with Mario, you can just put a, a whole bag of Skittles on the the screen at once, and and a lot of stuff happens. But if I, if think I can, if I can, oh sorry, yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, if I can say two things: number one, seriously, the hardest job in the video game industry is uh, anything related to UI. Uh, Super yeah. Mario Maker is a ton of UI. Not only that, it is some of the best UI. Uh, ever to exist in the video game industry it's incredible how nice and thoughtful and intuitive the yeah they just put it together 
Uh, so the other thing I was going to say, serious question, Brandon, have you played Mario Maker 2? Have you checked it out? It's uh, incredibly, it's incredibly good. And I think you would have a really good time. So I played it. I mean, I, I looked at it a little bit. I didn't look at it too much. I looked at it enough to see that the UI was pretty clever and they, they lead you to learn how to do stuff in a way that's much better than, for example, that dreams game, which is so complicated. Oh, yeah. um, oh man. But, uh, I, I streamed Mario Maker 2 and I got a comment on my stream chat or on the YouTube that was like, now that Dreams is coming out, do you think Mario Maker 2's community is going to move over to that? And I was like, no. What? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. How? Well, where? Like, how clueless are you? To, to, I mean, was that, a, was that a great joke? Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, they're different god darn things. Uh, but Mario Maker 2, one of the best experiences I ever had with video games was uh, uh, against Kotaku's wishes. I streamed for four hours one day in the middle of the day, just letting kotaku's readers send me codes for their own mario maker levels and i played them and critiqued them and there was just a bunch of really chill levels people made for their girlfriend's birthday or whatever it's a whole lot of stuff like that and uh there's just so much stuff on there it is just a a god darn bottomless well of video game ideas and content and fun and i I think it's worth owning it's worth owning for everybody you got a little what a little story about that where uh, my girlfriend she wanted it so that she could make levels and kind of mess with me, uh, like make levels and have me play them kind of thing, which is what people like to do. That's the whole point of it. Um, and so she made one level that was supposed to trick me to do something, but I never. You I never, never. Very cute story, Brandon. Uh, I never did it. I never did it. it was like game, game design is hard, it turns out. And it was a great little moment. We'll be right back after a short break. Hello, this is Blaine Brown, show editor, coming to you once again during our ad-less break. I have two points of business. One, to remind you once again to check out the forums at forums.insertcredit.com. And two, I have some bad news. A minute or two of Jaffe's audio in the second half of the show didn't make it. We did everything we could to save the patient. But sometimes a dollar ain't worth a dime in this crazy world. It wasn't very much audio. Mostly one of the question. What you will hear is an artistic recreation of the question. So, sharpen your Highlights for Kids magazine skills and spot the difference. Back to the show. Welcome back to Video Games. Here's Whoa. question number seven. My trademarked <laughs> god darn s- slogan. <laughs> question seven. Yeah. Sell me on Disaster Report. Disaster oh, report. Sell you on disaster report as yeah, in the I, series. Yeah, should I play it? Uh, you should play Raw game. Danger specifically. Yeah, that's that's the best one. Uh, I haven't played three, but I've played Raw Danger, which is two, and then I've, I've now played four. Um, I recently but, bought three. I do have it here. Okay, I've got three. Um, on the PSP. I know we've talked about Raw Danger on this podcast before. Yeah, literally years ago. Um, but I mean, how do we sell you on this? Like, Jaffe, do you think Die yeah. Hard is a Christmas movie? Um, not particularly. <laughs> the worst I mean, discussion. It's on Christmas. <laughs> Would you like a video game that is a Christmas video game more than Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Um, I ask you to sell me on uh, Disaster Report, not Christmas Nights. Oh. Uh, I do like that Christmas night. I'm going to tell so, you what I've I've got a weird soft spot for 
Japanese media Christmas. Uh, it's very, it's a, a weird secular appreciation of Christmas. I yeah, like it. its own rituals that are like societally induced rather than religion induced. Raw Danger, which is Disaster Report 2, uh, Zetai Zitsume Toshi 2, uh, Zetai Zitsume Toshi 1 was translated as Disaster Report. Raw Danger was, uh, Zetai Zitsume Toshi 2 was released as Raw Danger because they didn't, by the same publisher who didn't really care to establish any continuity with the previous game, which was not very popular. Anyway, um, in case anybody listening doesn't know, Raw Danger takes place on Christmas in a Japanese office building Yeah, that is... Uh, just opened by some fancy corporation, a Japanese office building on an island, a man-made island in Tokyo Harbor. Uh, during which there is a, it, it takes place during a, a corporate Christmas party. During which a, a flood, it begins the 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 island begins to flood, and structural problems begin to flood this building, and uh, it's fantastic. How's that for a setup? I mean, it's a pretty good start. I think the way that I would sell it is like, if you like the idea of a sandbox game, but don't want to actually have a sandbox there, like it, 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 it gives you the hint of a big world, but it actually keeps you in a pretty small constrained box Mm -hmm. while, while giving you a a fun illusion of, of freedom. Um, Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it, but it's also like, I mean, it, it's got some of the, that, that, that Yakuza in it, um, in that there's a lot of uh, strange sort of NPC relationship yes. things that you do. Um, I was just about to mention that part too. Yeah, so. it, it's, it, it's a game that um, can take itself seriously in one moment and then just completely not in the next. Um, you You have moments where you can react to situations however you want and i mean the one example i can remember off the top of my head from raw danger is that um you're escaping with some other people from the restaurant that you're working at at the beginning of the game and the chef from the restaurant is uh hanging on for life because the overpass that he was standing on just collapsed and and he's about to fall and you run over uh to possibly help him but then you are given choices uh one of them is you know pull him up and help him I think one of them is just smile at him. And then I think another (laughs) one is steal his hat. Um, (laughs) And you can just take his chef hat and then put it on and then walk over to the group and be like, I'm sorry, there's, there was nothing I I could do. (laughs) The chef died. Um, And it's, it's full of moments like that. Uh, Another one that, 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 comes to mind is um you're playing as a different character at the end of the game which by the way is why raw danger is probably the best it's because you play yeah. through the same scenario from five different perspectives and yeah it's it's excellent um on style there's one where uh a guy has a knife to your throat kind of took you hostage right and so you can you can i don't remember like be alarmed you can like try to come on to him to distract him um and one of the options is lick the knife so terrific yes. you know what i'm sold lick the knife <laughs> lick the knife i'm giving that point to frank uno you can look you can lick the knife yeah all right taxi driver is the best chapter sure uh has there ever been an alamo draft house of video games no is oh, what man. i, I actually would... have a a write-up somewhere for the <laughs> what i would consider the ideal barcade 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, I uh, I require money to answer this question because I've been asked <laughs> professionally too many times. <laughs> I'm dead serious, dead serious. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have a write up, Brandon. Yeah, I do. It's uh, yeah. It's just basically like de-emphasizing the the bar aspect in in that you know you don't want people pouring drinks all over your arcade video games you want to make sure that 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 stuff happens in a way that that people can naturally put their beverages somewhere that is safely away from the machine but also close enough but you also want to have it not be so incredibly loud out there like i would have baffle stuff on the ceiling so the volume isn't isn't going crazy so that people can sort of hear each other uh i would also want to have um like for fighting games and other competitive sort of games to have um video feed out into some large monitors so that people can watch tournaments happen live and uh, there is that that 82 bar in Los Angeles does do some of that stuff. There was another big element, which was, oh yeah, basically real-time live leaderboards. Well, not real-time. Updated every every day. Leaderboards done with chalk on a big wall so that you have a reason to come back and defend your honor and that kind of stuff. Um, but you would also have to have some some kind of general rules in there to stop people from being obnoxious and getting drunk and knocking stuff over the way they have at the the draft house which is obviously challenging in a something that has the word bar in it so maybe maybe bar is is actually the the weakest link of this particular scenario that i'm proposing you know i, I want to say yeah. something which is that i think the barcade is our generation's uh 50s diner and i think in both situations uh you should maybe just uh realize your childhood's over and you're gonna die and maybe get over it well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the way that a lot of them are presented because they're all just like, here's games from this era when I was young and I'm trying to recreate it. But I do think there's a way to make it fun for a wider swath of people and, and yeah. it doesn't have to recreate that that old arcade feel. It can be done in a way that's new and different, yeah. I think. But if it's the Alamo equivalent... Uh, then it does have to present it uh, as it would have been, right? Because like one of the promises of the Alamo yeah. Draft House is that it's you know thirty five millimeter film in, in like a theater environment with stuff that plays before the movie. Uh, maybe not completely really accurate. good pre shows. Yeah, but uh, you know it's bringing back that right. Um, and so yeah. I, I do think you would have to um, be recreating. Uh, that environment at least in some way or maybe modernizing it right because there is pre the pre-show stuff at alamo isn't like literally a 40s newsreel right Right. like they they have okay okay Uh, so what's the modern equivalent of an arcade then right like like taking what worked in the arcades in its glory days and and making it modern yeah, um, it doesn't just have to be arcades i think it can be video games yes just the whole history of them and it's yeah. and it's getting people to interact with each other and meet each other in a competitive, friendly way, like you would at Evo yes. or whatever. Okay. Like, okay. So I think it's, I think it's not these antique cabinets that no. all the things have. I think yeah. you're, 
you're building stuff with nice controls, uh, maybe using original boards or whatever, that's fine. And in fact, that's probably what you would do if you're the Alamo equivalent, right? Like you're in, like the, the, the Alamo draft house when they play old movies are using vintage film, right? So maybe it is, you know, the original games, but build an experience that is now, right? For, for sort of hovering around and discovering things. And, and I, and I think, you know, the, the video out thing is a really good example of that, right? Like sort of being able to browse what these video games are. Yeah, um, is an arcade experience, so that's a good version of that. Um, I would have more of the sort of killer queen style of modern game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of like neat indie games that are only in like regional arcades that you don't even hear about. Um, so I would I would populate it with that sort of stuff and not worry about like oh do we have Ninja Turtles or whatever. Um, yeah, totally. Um, I have yeah. this this like. It's not exactly what what should happen here, but it it makes me think about this kind of scenario. I was in uh, Hyderabad, India, heck of a town, and I went to a movie theater to see a, a Bollywood film. Uh, I saw the one that almost got banned because it had a Pakistani dude in it, uh, and they had to they had to put like a special disclaimer: "We support the troops" at the end of it because <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Anyway. Um, while I was waiting for the movie to start, um, there was an arcade and this arcade was exclusively decommissioned Japanese games with only Japanese instructions. Uh, most of which I had not seen in an arcade anywhere forever. Like riding hero was there. And I was thinking like, what are these? Well, I yeah. uh I'm I can I make a non comment that is not about what we were the, that does not answer the question. Real life Alex Jaffe here and no Tim that is against the rules. Oh come on that should be fair at least once per week. Well we used to no we used we used to have a rule where we could we could all agree to to give well, a minute. So we'll bring so. back about a minute. All right I'm good with Tim. Yeah my non comment is. I'm very, very pleased to hear that neither Frank nor Brandon hit within a hundred miles of the concept I am developing for a client. So thank you, Uh, which is definitely a million percent objectively a great idea. So everybody look forward to that whenever the world unends itself. Uh, uh, Ten years from now, maybe. I don't know. Real life Alex Jaffe hosted this show here with the next question. If you could own any piece of clothing from a video game, what would it be? Hmm. First of all, that Death Stranding jacket, a lot of people were talking about that on my Twitter feed and in my Twitter. This happens every goddamn time there's a piece of clothing that goes for like a price. I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and someone was like, Rufus's jacket, man, if that was uh, in a store, like it would be like $500. And I was like, man, are you out of your mind? That would be like $9,000 probably, nine to 10000 That jacket is way more than a, a god darn $500 fan gamer sort of replica thing. That's a god darn Dior nonsense. Well, when you got people who don't understand how much it costs to make a video game or how much time it takes, <laughs> uh, and you got them commenting about how much 
it would cost to make a piece of fashion, something that they, no offense to them, probably know even less about. Uh, Uh Yeah, that's a recipe for exactly what you're talking about right there. I think uh, I think nineteen hundred dollars for that. So, like, I mean, I guess I accidentally at some point in my life acquired an understanding of just generally how much uh, super fancy idiot clothes cost. So, nineteen hundred dollars for that jacket. I saw that jacket. It looks good. Whatever. I wouldn't buy it, but that's cool. I can I understand mean, it. It's I just brand, remember that brand is all all their stuff is in that range. Like it's yeah. it's not yeah know, surprise. Yeah, I just so I. Re- I- yeah, I, I just want to make sure I clarify. The question is: any piece of uh, clothing from a video game's in my closet tomorrow? Right. That's correct. Uh, okay, Inf- infinite ammo bandana. The witch. I- I'm gonna get the infinite ammo bandana. Uh, yeah, for which of your weapons? So you can murder people. No, I have uh, have as much ammo as I want. I don't know. What do you? What do you gonna do for what? Not murder people. Sell it or something or. Make make art with it. Tell it tell Do you it. really want to put such a powerful weapon in the hands of uh, of me as opposed to anyone else? Yeah, Frank, I mean, infinite ammo. The but then I'm... you have to empty your clip down to one bullet, and oh, that's uh, a good point. and then put it on, so that you have the tracer bullet. Someone got uh, very annoyed at me recently because we in the video game industry colloquial re- colloquially refer to magazines as clips when a clip is something that you put into a magazine like a clip is a set number of bullet in a little sure. um, little mm-hmm. wedge that goes into a magazine but clip oh just- that explains why frank wants this he wants infinite magazines <laughs> that's right oh infinite uh, magazines I get it. um anyway i want box toga oh that would be a good one where that i just not- want to talk about this death stranding jacket i sure. remember when when there was like a bathing ape, uh, baby Milo or whatever, somebody did a, a Super Mario Brothers t-shirt collaboration back in like 2005, 2006. And I just remember these breathless blog posts being like, who the heck would buy a $300 t-shirt? <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't know, that's just how much that brand is. So I actually just Googled Death Stranding Jacket. Very first search result. Who the heck bought the $1,900 Death Stranding Jacket? <laughs> two days ago in gaming and so it comes down here you get a little bit further down it's uh, designed by uh by errolson hugh of acronym right first of all if you don't immediately know the name of the fashion brand acronym maybe don't write anything about this if yeah. you have to google it like maybe don't because you're gonna look like a moron right so it's uh, uh i of course know this brand because i'm a, an idiot fan of this weird uh is tactical prepper style uh, yeah. perma wearable uh, permanent clothing that will last you for literally th- I own a jacket that will literally last for thousands of years. I own a keyboard that will last me for literally 200 years. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be God darn bone dust by the time my jacket biodegrades. Like uh, I'm, I, I'm all cool with this stuff. You get like 8 million paragraphs down, actually five paragraphs in acronyms. Clothes are also rather pricey in general. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it, man. It's a real, it's a real item of clothing made by the real brand that designed a bunch of the real clothes in the game. Like, I don't know, man. Seems cool to me. So, in other words, I want this jacket. That's what I want, man. Give me the nineteen hundred dollar death training jacket. I'd wear this. It's fantastic looking. The you end. know, I I feel like in general the the fashion in video games is not that fantastic. I think we can probably agree on mm-hmm. that. Uh, Death Stranding, though, dude. There isn't a whole lot that I really 
want like i appreciate the acronym stuff uh and Necrosoft Games programmer Shane Marks is a huge fan of that exact type of thing where you mm-hmm. you buy one thing and then you get to keep it and you get to keep wearing that for a very long time and it's just uh either black or some shade of slate, you know? Um so yeah, I, I get that stuff, but like in general, I feel like so many of these video games that try to do fashion are just stuck in 2002 era zen mall or hot topic yeah. and they they just can't get out of it. i recently saw i'm not going to mention who it was but i recently saw someone who was posting uh on twitter like oh my god i'm obsessed with this jacket where can i get something like it and it was a character from persona 5 and i looked at it and i was like well if it were 2006 you could run right down to hot topic and get it for 20 dollars like it, was, Kaboom. it looked like a like a gosh darn costume but I'm just uh, going to say, I, oh, oh yeah, sorry. No, you go for it. I became a big fan of the Japanese brand Buzz Rickson's, uh, a subsidiary of Toyo Enterprises, when they were name dropped by Motosada Mori in an interview about the video game Metal Gear Solid by Hideo Kojima in yeah. 1998. So I think uh, I would just rather own, uh, I, would, I would like to own a bunch of the stuff from Metal Gear Solid. Just give me anything from Metal Gear Solid 1. Because it's all based on Buzz Rickson's uh, museum-grade replicas of U.S. military gear. That's my stuff. I think I would be into, this is cheating, but uh, a lot of the clothes in the Sailor Moon uh, anime series are things that I would wear. And you get those in the video games sometimes. So that's a that's a cheat. But that's I would not a with- cheat if you agree right now that this is also an anime podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, Uno. What's up? <laughs> Uno. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think my ultimate answer might be maybe nothing from the video games that I know yeah. of or something that I would buy and own. But I think that I would you're, like. You're, you were given this crazy, no strings attached wish, and your answer is no thanks. Well, mm. because of the video games that exist, I do, there's just not that much good stuff that i would actually wear like things that i think look cool are you know like armor with four shoulder pads on it but i don't want to cool, wear it. then get that and sell it i mean come on get yeah, zach's I- outfit from final fantasy 7 remake uh what i actually want i just want i want sam porter final answer uno i want sam porter bridges's black plain black suit from death stranding the like the plain black one that you get all right, I'll accept that just before the buzzer. Uh, we've got one more question before we go into the lightning round. Ooh. A maniac locks you in a one-room cell Rude. until you become the best speedrunner in the world at Ooh. a video game of your choice. Oh. What game do you pick? Good question. Uh, well, I'm probably going to pick that like short path game. because uh, It's short, and I could get out of that cell quicker. Uh, if you tie the record for best in the world, it doesn't count. Yeah, because uh, because that's the thing. Like it's like oh, Super Mario Brothers, you beat it in five minutes. Like well, people spend years to save two frames. <laughs> so, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be obscure, also obscure. Yeah, yeah, and obscure is exactly where I'm going. I don't, I don't have a candidate yet. Um, I got one. I got one. Uh, I'm I'm not going to check on speedrunning.net or whatever wherever things go now. I don't even know. Um, but, uh, 
Alf on the Sega Master System is good about game. a five-minute game that's actually <laughs> it's not good, but it's kind of interesting. Um, and I once jokingly tried to uh, map it out as a speedrun because I was like, no one has posted anything, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be the champion at Alf on the Master System. Um, terrible game, but I think it would not be that hard to uh, to put up the uh, the top leaderboard spot and. Uh, um, and I hate myself, so it'd be fun to punish myself. Uh, the world record on Alf was last set three months ago uh, for five minutes, nine seconds. Ooh, Uh-oh. that's that's rough. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so all, all, all you need to do is become, for the rules of this contest, all you need to do is become the best. You need to set the record, and yes. then you can be let free. It doesn't matter if somebody breaks it immediately afterward. Exactly. Right? Well, buddy, I've got PR connections, so an unreleased video game. Kaboom. I win. <laughs> you wouldn't have in this, uh, in, this, in this room. You wouldn't be able to get them. That's not... Uh, is, uh, where was that stipulated? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Where, was that, where was that stipulated? Jeffy, you said... <sighs> what was the room description that you said? Um, it, it was a single room cell. And uh, I did not give any uh, specifications as to the n- the variety of video games he has all access he, yeah. to. Uh, all okay. he specified was the game of my choice. Well, game I of my choice. True. In that case, I would do one of my unreleased video games. Like, that. give me a PC and I'll make a game. No, you can't. You can't put your hand on top of the baseball bat nubbin on my IQ test blasting answer like that. <laughs> I feel like if we're well, that was actually my first answer. My original thought was that, but I was like, "That's not within the spirit of the question." So I'm if not. You didn't say it. You didn't spray it. Yeah. I, well, I did it after because you know. Anyway. <laughs> no, I I kind of hate this answer, but I have to admit, I did not stipulate that you couldn't do that. But well, you know, it'd be a good one if if we're if we're uh, if we're uh, done with these these jerk off answers. Is uh, <laughs> thank you. Is uh, a text adventure. Because I don't think people really speed run those, and I yeah, type pick, pretty yeah. fast. Pick one so, people don't speed run. That's yeah. probably what Jaffe wanted us to say. Something I'm, like that. I'm not <laughs> something like that. Though, if there were, though, if you're talking a video game that I'm going to be forced to play a lot until I become good at it, like if you're going to answer this in a nice, a spiritually nice way, a game I would like to get good at. Well, how would you answer that? Who would? Who would, does anybody have an answer off the top of their head? Game hmm. you would just like to get good at. So I would love to be good at Castlevania Bloodlines, that exact one. No, let's just say Rondo of Blood. I would like to be the world's best Rondo of Blood player. It's never going to happen, but there it is. My first thought was uh, Splatterhouse for the TurboGrafx PC Engine. Um, mm-hmm. I'm already pretty good at it to where I can give specific pieces of advice on how people can do better. But there's some stuff that I just can't do well enough, like the slides. Uh, I can't do them consistently or or properly with a PC Engine controller. So that would be one that I would enjoy getting better at. And it's it's the one that I'm closest to being able to do right now, which is probably more within the spirit of the question. I'm going to say Symphony of the Night seems like it'd be a cool one to say that I'm, I'm, I'm really good at. I think the movement in that game is really nice. And I think there's enough variety in there that it's, it's a little bit hard to get bored. Um, but... Also, I think the most fun one for me to watch people speedrun is Mario 64. I think oh, that's that a good one. The, the 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 way that that game's routed out is just exquisite, and it's like it's it's just about perfection of movement, and it looks really cool when you do it. So that yeah, would be like, a cool one to be able to do. What, what the ones that are not fun to watch are the ones 
like there's a couple Zeldas and uh, I think Turok too, where the optimal way to play is to look at the wall at all times yeah. so that like the frame rate stays low. That blows. <laughs> that's yeah. just yeah. the worst. It's not fun. But that's what's cool about the Mario 64 speedruns is that for the most part, the way the fastest way is to be really good at the game as intended. Yeah. And R- I, Rondo is 21 minutes and 17 seconds is the world record for Rondo's nice. blood. That doesn't seem doable, but it doesn't seem impossible. I think I like the Splatterhouse one is in the like sub eight minute or around eight minutes, which is, but the, oh wait, no, that's for a tool assisted speed run. So that's different. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, for not, which not system? The Turbo Graph? The arcade? Yeah. Turbo. Uh, the Turbo Graphics record is 21 minutes, 27 oh. seconds. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, see, that's good. So Rondo's 21 minutes, 17 seconds. It's like the length of a, of a sitcom episode. So no, I think we've I'm established it, our, what? It, it was beaten. Uh, that, that was the most recent submission, but the record was set a year ago at 12 minutes, 57 yeah, seconds. See, that's what I'm talking about. There for Rondo? That's probably Maria. <laughs> no, that's for Splatterhouse. Uh, oh, for Splatterhouse? Okay. Yeah, but Maria, Rondo, she's, she's a little faster. Yeah, Rondo, Blood, Richter, 21 minutes. Yeah, I like, I like, I think that's the perfect length for a video game is a game you can skillfully speedrun in uh, 22 minutes. So it's something, yeah, that you just kind of pick up for comfort food once in a while once you're good at it, right? You mm-hmm. just kind of play through the thing. Yeah, like DuckTales would be a good one. 100%, DuckTales would be a good one. 100% Rondo, Richter only, 46 minutes, 36 seconds. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we're going to go into the lightning round. We're a little short on time, so I'm going to truncate it a little. Kill uh, it. This game is called Auto Player One. Imagine for a moment that video games were like YouTube videos. After uh-huh. you finished a game, an algorithmically chosen video game would be selected for you after completion. Uh oh. I'm going to name a game, and you're going to tell me which game would come up next. In an algorithm or from us? Our brain's algorithm. Okay. Your brain's algorithm. Okay. Your first game is Destiny 2. Destiny 1. Borderlands 1. Oh. <laughs> Either one of those answers. Yeah, Borderlands. Okay. Plock. Oh, heck. Uh, uh, Rayman. Tinhead. Tinhead? Tinhead? Tinhead for the Genesis, uh, designed by Richard Lamarsh. And, uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Jet Force Gemini. Jet Set Radio. Okay. Uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Oh, man. Breath of Fire Dragon's Dollar. (laughs) Breath of the Wild. There you go. Oh, no. That's actually not, probably not right. It would probably Uh, be Mega Man Man X Command, uh, Mega Man X Command Mission, or whatever it's called. Okay. Uh, Suzuki Bakuhatsu. Oh, yeah. Um, Probably one of those. Kudu Kudu Kududin games, the the one where you got to keep the the stick in the center. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Kudu Kududin Zero X. Yeah, that's not Return of the Obra Din. Papers, please. That's the the one color. Yes. One or okay. That's the one. Yeah, Lucas Pope. He's Um, the Pope. Papers, please would make a lot of sense, but it would be cool to have it be more like a, a some. Weird. All right. Well, whatever. I we, we shouldn't it, think too long. Is overdone the 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 one on the ship? It's on the yes. ship. Uh, yeah. I, I would say gone, gone home. Oh, gone home. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Maximo ghosts to glory. Ooh. Oh, uh, blinks too. <laughs> yeah. Delta rune. Delta rune. 
Uh, I don't remember man. what that one is. I forget what Deltarune is also. <laughs> Deltarune is the sequel to Undertale. Yeah, it's the oh, ongoing, right. yeah, yeah. in development yeah, sequel right. to Undertale. That's, I think uh, it would be uh, R-Type Delta, probably. <laughs> sure. I, I'm just, I, I have bad experience with algorithms, usually, is all. Yeah, that is usually how algorithms <laughs> <Yeah>. work. Whichever <laughs> oh, yeah. is, the, is, is the new um, Stardew Valley-like that Chucklefish is making, but with witches, that, I think it would be that one. Octodad. Nobi Nobi Boy. Yes. Yeah, Nobi Nobi Boy. Good. That's a good one. And finally, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Uh, a big Final Fantasy 7 remake. Oh. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 remake. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly correct. A steaming down. <laughs> and I think that makes Tim our winner this week. Uh, Tim, oh. you're going to choose the first topic in our next episode. So get Uh-oh. ready for that. Look uh, out, everybody. Yeah. I think we did a pretty good job here for our uh, sophomore comeback, Uh, but we'll Mm -hmm. uh, continue to refine this with the feedback that you send to show at insertcredit.com. Maybe if you ask a question, it'll make it on the show. No guarantees. They might all be stupid. None Uh, at all. Until next time, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Tim Rogers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Brandon Sheffield, and you should join the forums at forums.insertcredit.com. Uh, I'm Frank Spaldi, and yeah, sure, go do that. And we've decided the sign-off this week is, well, whatever, who cares? Agree with each other or suffer the buzzer.